My name is Dr. Daniel Andrews. I'm a biomedical science lecturer at Monash University, and this is How I Teach, the podcast where we explore the teaching practice of outstanding educators with a view to continuing to learn and improve our own teaching. My guest today is Dr. Haley Bajaya, who is currently the Director of Teaching and Learning in the School of Biological Sciences at the University of Melbourne. While her background is in molecular genetics, she is now very much embedded in the education space. Haley is passionate about assessment, particularly how we can use programmatic assessment to better embed graduate outcomes and skills in undergraduate students. To begin, I asked Haley what drew her to teaching in the first place. I suppose I don't really, just to clarify, I don't see myself as a teacher per se, but I do see myself as a sort of sharer of knowledge and um, someone who tries to really encourage students to learn for themselves and encourage them to explore and encourage them to have curiosity and and support them in trying to figure things out. I, I have, though, I suppose, even from a really early stage when I started to get excited about science, like in my later high school years and early uni years, you know, being the one who <laughs> would bore my friends senseless because they had no interest at all in science, just prattling on about recombinant DNA technology and cloning and, and how cool it was because it was just blowing my mind. Um, so I suppose I've always been a bit excited and wanting to share things that I find really cool and interesting same as, you know, my son now is in year 10 and doing a genetic subject and every day he comes home, I'm like, what did you learn about genetics today? <laughs> so it's just this excitement of sharing what I know with people and what I care about and am passionate about with others. Uh, so I think that's my biggest thing and inspiring them to to keep learning and, and figure things out. So how would you say your teaching philosophy influences the way you set up your teaching in either an in-class or online environment? I tend to focus on what the students, definitely what the students are going to be doing and the sorts of activities that will support them to be able to engage and interact. Um, I suppose, you know, early off that would sometimes leave me in a little bit of the deep end because I would be trying to do too much in my classes and maybe expecting too much from my students. Uh, so I've kind of learnt to try to balance it a little bit with a bit more instruction and support along the way and gradually take taking off the training wheels. But I do definitely want, I don't want my classes to be ones where I'm there talking at them the whole time. Uh, I try to find ways to, you know, it's harder in lectures and that's why I don't really like lectures, to be honest. I prefer things that are more interactive. I prefer workshops. But it's something that, yeah, I try to find ways to get the students excited and engaged and talking to each other. And there was nothing like, I think it was like five years ago now that I ran my first workshop with a particular format and the buzz in the room and the fact that there was myself and three other instructors walking around and we just felt like we were completely useless and not needed (laughs) (laughs) was really unnerving because it was this whole switch to this, the students were doing the talking and the work and engaging with each other. And we kind of felt a bit, a little bit like we need to step in here and explain something to someone because we feel (laughs) a bit like we're getting paid to do nothing. But it was kind of, once you realize that's the best way for the students to be learning and to reach out when they need you and you just check in with them, it was, it was actually encouraging. So I was interested in your work that you've done on developing a program-wide assessment strategy. So was there a particular problem you were trying to solve with this work? I suppose, like, just to clarify from the start, I'm I'm very um, interested in program-wide assessment. I haven't actually put in a strategy in place yet. It's something that's 
it's almost like a pipe dream. It's something that I want to get to eventually, you know. I, I really think it's important. But I'm happy to sort of go as to why I, I think that is the best approach because the way that I see it is I think that we sometimes, we have these really great graduate outcomes that we want students to achieve. They are, you know, our learning goals for a course. And so for a degree program, we have these these goals that we, what we want our students to be able to do. But I'm not sure that that is transparent to students as they are um, entering and progressing through their degree. And, and I feel like it's something that kind of is, we just try to address it in the last year. It's like the last, those learning outcomes need to be met by the third year subjects that we do or whatever the final year of a, a degree is. And it's not necessarily clear how all the steps or all the subjects before that and all their learning before that relates to those outcomes. I think in some courses that are maybe a bit structured, that are very, you know, the students go through a, a set course with set subjects in a set sequence that's probably a lot easier to achieve. But in, in you know a general science program, it, it can be very hard when students can go off in all sorts of different directions. So it's really hard to sort of map their learning journey across, across that degree. And it's really hard to sort of know what subjects they're going to go on to. But I think the, the, the goal for me is that I don't want students to come in and do a subject and just aim to, to get a good score in that subject. And then they go on and do the next subject. I want there to be visibility of what they're actually learning and how that will relate to them being able to meet their final learning outcomes at the end and how that will relate to their skills as learners that when they go out into the big wide world to do whatever they do, they are able to draw on what they have learned and know that they have learned skills and not just a whole bunch of content knowledge. So I'm very sort of passionate about that. So I think a related question here is, if we could execute such an assessment strategy, how do you think it would sort of change the way students learn throughout their course and maybe even how they sort of view their own learning? To me, I, I really think it's about visibility. It's about visibility of the learning outcomes and about visibility for students of what that means and, and understanding that. And then visibility of, of how they're going in achieving those learning goals. So I think that it would give them a bit more power. It would make them empowered to say, hey, I'm not just learning this skill and getting this feedback in this first year subject and then that's it. It's actually going to be something I'll use again in second year and, and they're going to up the ante a little bit on me there. So I need to sort of learn while I can and take whatever opportunities I have to, to improve so that I can then build my skill set in second year in this next sort of subject. So to me, it's about empowering the students uh, to be self-directed learners. I think we often say that we want them to be self-directed, but it's very hard for them to direct it when they don't know the map. <laughs> they can't see the direction they're heading across their degree. They can't see the relationship between subjects or between assessments in different subjects. And so I think that by having a bit more signposting across a degree would help them in, in being able to transfer skills from one subject to another and slowly, you know, for us to be able to slowly take the training wheels off and develop their own competencies and their own self-efficacy so that they can become the graduates that we want them to be at the end. So just to help the students sort of see that picture a little bit more clearly, do you think perhaps it might be something that they, that they need to be really sort of encouraged to engage with in terms of where they sort of sit in relation to some of these skills that we're identifying? 
Um, I do think so to a certain extent. I think it's something, you know, to me, it's not necessarily like about badging or anything like that, but it's about them having a bit of self-reflection and self-awareness and, you know, being aware of where they're at as a learner and what they need to do to improve. To me, I see it more as like a, a journaling approach or something where they're just having that awareness. I think generally there's a lot of students that we know that are, are great students who are very self-reflective and self-critical and aware of their learning and what they're good at and what they're not and what they need to do to improve this. But that's not a large portion of students. Like, you know, there's some that still really struggle with that. And I think that especially in a new environment like higher education where there are, there is, you know, less staff for students, you know, available for students all the time. Students do need to be able to self-manage a little bit. And so we do need to make it more tangible to them what that that process is. But even just taking it back a step too, I also think that this sort of approach of mapping out the learning journey of a student is also beneficial to staff because at the moment we don't necessarily know exactly how assessments in, you know, one year level or one subject relate to assessments in another subject if they're not necessarily in the same major or, you know, um, even if they're in the same major, it's really hard to know exactly what's happening across a whole bunch of subjects. We just tend to focus on our, our own little subject that we're running and, de- and developing. And I think it's really important to have that awareness and to, you know, sort of backwards design if we can from those graduate outcomes at third year as to what that then would look like for a second year student, what that would then look like for a first year student. So I think it's this, this idea of just making the whole curriculum visible to staff and students so that we all know where they're at. We all know where skills are being developed. We all know the level at the, that they're being developed at each year level. And then we can sort of know how students' learning journey is expected to progress. So obviously coming up with, you know, this program level assessment strategy has many steps and it's going to involve a lot of different academics coming on board. So I was just wondering whether you could take us through a few of the experiences you've had trying to get other academics on board with this sort of way of thinking and this sort of strategy. I think that that's the biggest challenge that we have. Not that people are unwilling to necessarily change their assessments, but they don't necessarily see the big picture as to why it's important. I think it's also too, I think there's just a lot of, unfortunately, I do think there's a lot of barriers in in the way. I think culture is one of them that, you know, the, the, the types of assessments that we want students Well, the types of assessments we give students at different year levels, particularly in the lower levels, like first and second year, aren't anywhere near allowing them to demonstrate those outcomes that we want them to show by the time they're in third year. And so we tend to just pack that in in third year and go, as long as they're doing it in third year, it's important. But I think that there needs to be. So I think this idea that what these graduate outcomes are and, and working backwards and making sure that they infiltrate across the program is important. So I think I sort of went into thinking about programmatic assessment going, it makes so much sense. Everyone's going to be on board and want to change their assessment. And and a lot of other people saying, why, why are we doing this? Like, And I think that that to me has been a bit of a step back in saying that I have to try to learn to meet people where they're at and try to sort of identify that not everyone's wanting to go in and do major curriculum and assessment reform. Lately, we've been running some workshops with staff where we consider what it is that they're assessing, why they're assessing it, what are their approaches to feedback. And I think that when staff tend to then critically evaluate their own subjects or those of others, it's very, it exposes a lot and they're able to see things differently. And the other thing we've been doing is putting academics in those groups 
that aren't from the same discipline area and aren't necessarily familiar with like everyone's subjects. They're not all teaching into the same subject area. And so there's a bit of peer <laughs> peer review as well in like, you know, explain to me how that does what you think it does. And then people are able to self-reflect and sort of go, oh, maybe it's not actually doing what I thought it was doing. Um, so I think it's been really eye-opening, but I do think it's one of these things that has to be slowly teased out. I do think there needs to be a slow transformation in culture. I think there has to be this element of meeting people, meeting academics where they're at and they're in their ability to to actually take on changes that there's there's just not necessarily, or maybe it's institution dependent, but I would think it's probably a broader issue that everyone's sort of time poor. Everyone's rather currently probably a little bit burnt out maybe from the COVID changes we all had to make and people are just wanting some stability. <laughs> but so I, th- I don't know if, I don't know if the ground's fertile right now for it, but I think that it's something that we can slowly chip away at and hopefully one point at some point we'll reach a tipping point where other people see this necessity. Yeah, I guess you're right. Not only do you sort of have to shift the willingness to sort of move away from a certain way of assessment, it's also getting the academics to think more of a student-centered approach, right? Because that's sort of what is aligning with those graduate attributes in the development of those. And I suppose the thing is when I've sort of looked at programmatic assessment, I the first thing I think of is, well, my approach has been thinking of portfolios, but not necessarily portfolios that demonstrate exemplars of work, but more a portfolio that's like a learning journal and students reflecting on what they've learned and how that feeds forward. And when the minute you sort of say reflective journaling to science <laughs> academics, <laughs> it's kind of a bit like woo woo, you know. <laughs> so it's um, something that just takes a bit of, but it's what we do. That's what the learning process involves. It's not, you know, anything ostentatious. It's something that we all should be doing all the time. And I guess it is really the academic skills that carry through in the long term more than, you know, the individual contents of the subjects that you might be assessing. That's really what the students are going to be tapping into probably more once they finish their degree. So I guess from that perspective, it makes sense to try and give them as many opportunities and the best opportunities possible to really have a good go at developing those skills. Yeah, I agree. I suppose um, one other thing that I was thinking too is is a little bit of a barrier as well is that I think if we want to turn around and say, hey, the way we've been assessing is not really supporting these learning outcomes and we need to find alternatives that really allow students to develop their skills. I think we need to come up with some exemplars. We need some tangible demonstrations of what that could look like, where it's been implemented and how it's been successful or been tweaked in order to encourage others to take that leap. I don't think they're going to take that leap on just an abstract idea that they can't actually see what it what it means. So I think there's there's that. And I suppose the other aspect too is is the element of risk taking. I know from my experience of trying new things with my teaching generally if I try something and I take jump into the deep end it's not always successful I was mostly not successful on the first iteration and if I was to then sort of say well I'm gonna just throw it in the bin and start again it's or go back to the way I used to teach it's not really helping anything either so I suppose there's this element of trying to just change little things at a time make iterative changes and know that it might not work the first time it just needs a little bit of tweaking and uh, sort of be aware of that and I suppose be transparent to students about that as well, but not expecting everything to be perfect when you try a whole new way of teaching or assessing. Hmm. That element of risk-taking is interesting because obviously, you know, all universities have their own way 
of assessing and getting feedback from the students, whether it's set dues or whatever a given institution is calling it. But there is definitely this perceived risk, whether it's real or not, for an academic trying to instigate really any meaningful change. But I suppose, yeah, that would definitely be one of the barriers to what we're sort of talking about here. Yeah, and I think assessment's the riskiest part because <laughs> assessment at the end of the day is how students, that's what they they take as the value of their degree in many cases, how well they scored, how it, well it gets them into their future opportunities. So I think that any risks around assessment are really have to be carefully sort of done and carefully communicated because it's something that you, you can't really get wrong but you can at least try to be aware of where the pitfalls are going to be and make adjustments if you need to. So in terms of actually assessing the success or otherwise of a program-wide assessment strategy like we've been talking about, what would be some of the things you'd be looking for as points to say, yes, this is working well, it's been successful, or perhaps we need to make a few changes here? What stands out there? I definitely think it would be both academics and students having visibility of what the assessments are that lead to those graduate outcomes across a program, across a degree. If we don't know that, then we're still in the dark. But then because of that, hopefully that students are engaging more with those graduate outcomes and using that as those skills that they're going to develop by the end of their degree, they're they're considering those along the way. So they're less focused on the grades. They're less focused on maybe they've made a mistake and haven't done so well in assessment. And they're more focused on, well, how do I then pick myself up and try again for the next one to improve, to demonstrate this skill. So I suppose it's more of a, to me, it's this students being aware that it's, it's a growth, it's a journey, and they will hopefully learn skills along the way and get better at those skills along the way. Maybe not all skills, but, you know, at least come out with a decent you know, they might excel in one skill and not be as good at the others, but at least they'll be aware of those skills. I think it's something that, you know, we do need to consider that students, even if they learn expert knowledge in a particular discipline, that doesn't mean that their future career is going to be in that area. And they need to be able to have something else that they can pull on in their sort of tool belt to allow them to have different careers or go down different pathways. And so if students have that awareness of their own strengths and their own abilities, I think that will be a key thing here. So a little bit more of a general one to finish. Did you have any advice for other academics who might be looking to improve the way they assess their students? I think it's being curious and being willing to try a couple of things like slowly. I do think it it is scary changing assessment. Um, I, for one, I am a bit of a proponent for trying to sort of move away from exams and invigilated assessments. I still don't know what the alternative is that would allow us to be able to achieve that at scale, but I'm curious and I'm wanting to sort of explore and see what other institutions have done, what other, you know, fields have done in in terms of this. So I think it's something that it's just about curiosity and seeing how could that then work in my situation or not exactly, you know, cut and paste it in, how could I take that idea and plant a seed that would allow me to have a different type of assessment approach that would be meaningful to students and still allow me to, you know, ensure that they've achieved what I wanted them to achieve for the course. Absolutely. And I think, as you said earlier, you know, the assessment is what the students pay the most attention to. So I suppose we're sort of showing the students and everyone else associated with a unit or course, what is important 
by the way we assess the students. So I suppose in that way, we do have a lot of power with those assessments. And if we are willing to try things, then uh, perhaps we can make some improvements. So thanks so much for coming in today, Hallie. It's been great to have a chat about all things assessment and course-wide strategies. Great. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me. We'll say bye for now.